In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This morning we are observing Epiphany, the day that the wise men, whom you might know as Melchior, Balthazar, and Casper, arrived to worship Jesus. In the church we like it when the seasons change because we know that with each celebration, the church has the chance to teach us and to change us. And one thing that the wise men teach us today is adoration. We find it there in verse 11. They go into the house. They see Jesus and Mary. And then they fall face down to worship this child. They adore him. As we begin this new year in the church and in the world, this is a good lesson for us. It is part of a tradition that began long ago. We heard it on Christmas Day in Hebrews chapter 1. Let all God's angels adore him. And since then, the list of folks who have fallen down before Christ has grown. We heard it today in the Old Testament and the Epistle. Prophets, priests, and kings but not just prophet, priests, and kings, also outcasts and the unclean, the unimportant and the oppressed, lepers and soldiers and prisoners, the lame, the blind, the demonized, and the poor. As the story goes, it will sweep up John the Baptizer and the Twelve Apostles, as well as the mother of James and John, the women at the tomb, the church, and finally, all of you this morning. We all, we absolutely adore Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. If we are going to be part of that list, it is important for us to understand what adoration means and to understand the gift that has been given to us this Christmas. The Latin word for adoration means much more than just talking or begging or honoring. Adoration asks for everything you've got. Watch the Magi. When Christ tugs at them, he is tugging at everything that they are. It is physical, of course. They go face down at the manger. But it is also emotional. For the first time, their hearts are filled with respect and delight. It is spiritual. It is pilgrimage. They have found the one who satisfies their heart. It is liberating. In this boy, they have come free of their idols. And it is primary. This boy, this person, has a love in him that is so large so as to contain all our troubles and still love us. Of course, you and I are naturally cheered by babies. Down deep, we love them not only for their dimples and curly hair, but for much more. Babies touch us with innocence, with a new life that seems to be free of the trouble and the stress, of the sickness and betrayal 
and pain and sin and disappointment that we feel as we grow older. But you should know that the adoration of the Christ child involves even more. This is more than the appearance of a celebrity or the birth of someone new. His touch is hope and joy for us. It is the joy of having in our hands something holy, something healing, something that is forgiving and saving, something that is energizing and life-giving. What we have in Christ is something that we cannot give ourselves. And in the church, adoration becomes a holy response to this divine gift. And this child is wonderfully divine. All through Advent, we heard of his lineage, that he is the child of Abraham and of David and of the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary. He is fully human. But today we learn again that he is also divine. He is the only begotten born of his Father from eternity. And so in the Magi, we meet Jesus Christ, the mystery who comes from a place far beyond us, from another kind of world filled with another kind of beauty and another sort of love, from another kind of family and another kind of truth. And the best news of all today is that this Jesus Christ, fully human, fully divine, has come to bless us. What Jesus is really here to do is to make you a child of God. And he is the only one who can do it. That's the difference between the birth of this child on Christmas and the birth of every other child, as hopeful as they might be. In him is life. And his life is the light of men. And the darkness cannot overcome it. In him, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and full of truth, and we behold his glory, his holiness down from heaven, as the Son, the only Son of the Father. St. John chapter 1. And that, you see, is the reason that he is here to be adored, that in him and him alone is our source of hope and joy and holiness. He is the source of everything. In the year ahead now, we begin to imagine what it would be like to learn and change as the Magi learned and changed. It turns out that their long trip from somewhere east of here following the Christmas star has been worth it. It turns out that Jesus really is the antidote to the swirl and the pain and the emptiness and the disappointment that so often plagues us and our world. The good news is that adoration is not impossible. It is not impossible for you to have this life of hope and joy and love. It is true that adoration asks for everything, but we already know that. We heard that in the very first word, the very first commandment, 
don't have any other idols, don't have any other gods, adore me alone. We hear it in the very first commandment. But it is only made real in Jesus Christ who gives us everything. In his presence, in his touch, in his name, in his forgiveness, in his healing, in his love, in his baptism, absolution, and Eucharist, he gives us himself. And so he gives us all the gifts we need, not just to save us, but to make us fully human, to pull us into a life of hope and joy and love. Now, all of that said, nothing good happens by force. And frankly, adoration is not something that you and I can be argued into. Instead, as we learn from the Magi, it is much more like something we taste, much more like something we are drawn into that blesses us. It is really this simple. Jesus has now given us his gift, the gift of himself. And by adoring him, by rejoicing in the gift that he has given, we will learn things that we can learn no other way. And we will become persons that we could not become on our own. Once you try that, once you have experienced it, once you have been touched by the divine, especially at the Holy Eucharist, your life changes. You are rescued, you are forgiven, you are repaired, you are blessed, you are encouraged. And then, like the Magi, you are pushed back out into the world to embody the joy and the peace and the faith and the love of which the angels have been singing. And so for us, it is a new season. It is the season of following the Magi out of this place and into the next to Jerusalem and to the cross and to the empty tomb and all of that with complete devotion as new persons with changed lives. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.